Hey everybody, welcome to episode 19 of No Gamer Left Behind, where we're not another shovelware podcast. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm Ashley. Phil's gone because he's on his stupid honeymoon because he got stupid married. So my girlfriend Ashley is joining Phil, or joining me, in place of Phil for the next two episodes. Wish I was joining Phil in Florida. (laughs) So, uh, we're going to talk some games. So, uh, a bit. yeah, which is going to be nice because nice. well, Ash and I play video games a lot, uh, together. We're playing through Sonic Adventure 2 right now. I hate, I hate the space levels. They're the absolute worst levels. <laughs> no one should ever be forced to deal with those. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, other than playing games together, we do play games on our own. So, uh, Ash, what are you playing right now? Um, both Breath of the Wild, some Mass Effect, and I'm playing... Dragon Age Inquisitions. Tell me more. About which one? Whatever you want. Okay, well, I literally just put down my Wii U remote, so I'm going to go with Breath of the Wild. I have a house, rode a skeleton horse, found Lord of the... whatever that is, it's a mountain. <laughs> the glow, you know? It's exciting. <laughs> the glow, you know? But, uh... Yeah, that's going okay. I'm taking my time, finding stuff on accident, not finding stuff on accident. Not an easy way to form rupees if you bowl, but you know, and, uh, it's pretty okay. Oh, the snow bowling? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. It was. It's fun. You you stasis a ball of snow and just whack it. Across. Look, man. It's not, it's not baseball. Stasis man. solves almost everything except bowling. Eh, not really. Alright, what about you? What do you play? Um, I'm finally doing 100% in Symphony of the Night. Bless your heart. For PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that game. I've played through it. A ton of time. Well, I played it a ton of times, but I finally beat it like last year. Uh, it was yeah, I was still living at mom's, and um, I just I never got around to beating it until just then, and finally I decided to go back and get a hundred percent, which isn't honestly it's not difficult. You just have to explore the whole castle, and uh, we well, have to unlock all the spells too. But that's easy because you can just buy the spells with scrolls. It's not cheating. That's the way the game <laughs> intends you to do it. Cheating would be if I looked up all the inputs and then did them, which I'm not going to do. So you buy spell scrolls using the in-game gold, and then you get get the spells. All the spells. Yeah. So it's actually pr- providing a, more of a challenge than I thought it would. Um, because for whatever reason, you, you know this, my sleep schedule is kind of fucked up recently, so I'm really only playing at night when I'm exhausted, and I should be sleeping, but I can't. Mm-hmm. So my skill is taking, like, a turn for the worse because I'm playing the game while I am not alert enough to play it. Look, man, if you weren't as weak as you are, you'd be fine. <laughs> really? A little bit, yeah. You think you could do better? No, I didn't say I, I could. <laughs> I just said you were weak. It's, it's different. Mm. I didn't say I wasn't weak. Mm-hmm. Not, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah? So everybody, make sure you get to GameStop this weekend because they're giving out a free Lycan Rock. For your Pokemon Sun or Moon. Yeah, it's a good time. It's the uh, midnight form of life. Just don't buy anything from them. Yeah, you can walk <laughs> in. You can walk in and say, hey, can I have a code? And then, uh, be on your way. Yeah, actually, I I did get a question from a from a listener about this. I want to I want to make this perfectly clear. It's you. It's not that I don't want you to buy from GameStop. He I don't want nice. you to. <laughs> I don't want you to buy any used current merchandise from GameStop. Like, don't. Don't buy that copy of Breath of the Wild for $55 used. Buy a new copy for $60. GameStop just makes all that money. We've talked about this before. If you want to buy a new copy of a game from GameStop, go ahead. 
That's money they do deserve for being the retailer who provides it to you. But they don't deserve to earn so much money for a used product. So nice when, I, when I joke about that, don't buy from GameStop. Buy from GameStop. Just only buy new stuff. So if you're interested in the Lycra, it's level 50, has no guardability, holding a life orb, a few good moves. This is going from May 15th to June 5th, so you don't got to rush out of the house. Rush out of the house. Uh, okay, whatever. What he said. <laughs> I could have sworn you said it was this weekend, it, just just before. You it said, is this weekend. May 15th, you just said no? No. May 5th? Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. There's also, uh, for more Pokemon goodness, there's also a Pokemon Go event happening this weekend. Um, it... For the most part, it's just more grass-type Pokemon are going to be coming out for the weekend event. Um, it's the true first micro-event, so hopefully it's going to be more fun. Here's a question. What? Objectively speaking, what do you think is the worst Pokemon type? Me? Yeah. Oh, God. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of types. I, I don't like fairy type. I think that's dumb. No, no, no. Objectively. Based on the game. Fairy. That's, I never use fairy type Pokemon. I don't use normal. Who the fuck does that? It's garbage. Okay. That's really about it. I like Dark's my favorite. Fire, Left is good. Ground sucks. You're not answering the question. Am I not? <laughs> what is your question? Objectively what is, speaking. Elaborate that then. Objectively? Yeah. That means without bias. Still, fairy and normal types suck. Why? Because they're weak. That's not an argument. <laughs> Why not? Okay, you want to hear mine? Sure. <laughs> grass. More like ass. Now, I love the grass type because it's good against water, it's good against rock, which are types that come up pretty often. Yeah. And grass is usually typed with something that boosts it, like poison, or um, in special cases, even grass can be typed with water. To help it out. But grass is objectively just the worst fucking Pokemon type because it has five weaknesses just to grass. And I find that anytime I'm playing Pokemon, if I have a grass Pokemon, even if it's dual typed, it just gets one-shotted by pretty much anything because it has five weaknesses. The chances of, the, of your opponent's Pokemon knowing one of those five types of moves is somehow astronomical. So guys, what I just heard here is don't play grass Pokemon. They suck ass. No, that's not true. <laughs> I just think that it's really difficult to play Pokemon when you have a, a grass Pokemon on your team. Leveling grass Pokemon is hard unless you like just keep it in the back of your party and use the EXP share the whole time. It, it's not going to see a lot of playtime. I mean, I'm sure that there are some grass Pokemon that have stats high enough that they can withstand one-hit kills. But it's really difficult for me to train grass Pokemon, uh, you know, except for every other Pokemon, pretty much, like... I just have a, more of a hard time training grass than anything else. Okay. And I like the grass type. I like to have at least one grass Pokemon on my team anytime I play. They are a little convenient. Well, yeah. I like yeah. it. I like the grass type. I don't know. I think it's underrated. But I guess there's a reason why. Because it kind of falls backward in terms of defense. Okay. Oh. I still think more Molochary stuff. I have no argument like that. I, see... I really don't have an argument against Fairy. I don't think that normal type sucks, but I'm curious why they put normal type in the game. Because I, I get it, like, there are just some Pokemon that don't really fit into an elemental category. But if that were the case, then, like, make them fit into an elemental category. 
they did. They made type null as a category. Do you remember that thing? That monster that wreaks havoc upon your heart as you collect every piece to try and build it and unbuild it and rebuild it again? But type null is not type null. That's his name. No, I understand, but he's not. He's got a special element to him. I don't think he falls. What, that he has like no type? Yeah, exactly. I'll find that out. I didn't do a lot of research on Pokemon Sun and Moon. I just wanted to play the games. I didn't get all hyped for it. Okay, well, I got hyped for it. You know that. But You got super hyped. We have a poster on the wall from the hypage. You got that with the game. Shh, they don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, type no, type no. Let me see. Yeah, yeah. It says type normal. Oh, it says type normal. Go fuck yourself. Type no, because that's what its name is in Japanese. Oh, alright, guys, I can't read a Wikipedia article. He's a normal type Pokemon introduced in Generation 7. Guys, I'm terribly mistaken. Uh, Don't listen to me. Ability is Battle Armor. Yeah. That's just its name. Oh, that's disappointing. It probably has something to do with its abilities. Well, we're gently going to fall back to it's a normal type. Normal types suck. Yeah, I don't like normal type Pokemon. They're really not good. Well, nothing's nothing is weak to normal type, but normal is weak to fighting. So yeah. it's basically just a losing battle. Pokemon battle. The only good thing about being a normal type Pokemon is immunity from ghost attacks. But how often do you honestly face ghost trainers? No, but that's the thing. If you're a normal Pokemon and you're facing a ghost trainer, right? You might be immune to ghost attacks, but they're probably also immune to every single one of your attacks because you're a normal type. Yeah, the chances true. of you learning any sort of elemental type move. Slim. Yeah. I hate So normal type is just kind of I would say I would I would fathom that the only reason normal type is in the game is if you have to put up with a shitty normal type and then you evolve it into some something like normal slash something else. But what? some Pokemon don't do that. Like like rat like Rattata to eradicate. It's normal to normal. I understand that that was Generation 1, but even in Generation 1, they didn't have the wherewithal to be like, yeah, normal type's pointless. <laughs> no matter what generation, Ratatata, Ratatata, and, uh, and Raticati. Raticati <laughs> are useless. They're just placeholders. Well, see, that's why I like uh, Sun and Moon, because they took all the, like, the shitty normal type Pokemon, and they were like, Get this, ready? Everything. They're they're dark now. <laughs> that that Remember how, how shitty Rattata was before? Remember how much you hated him? He's no, dark he's now. Cool. He's dark now. He's really cool. He's nice. He's pretty he's a little plumpy. He hangs out with the wrong crowd. He's got a cute he's little a dark tubby, type. You know? He likes some Mickey D's. That's how you lure him out of On the, the grass. weekends he broods. He broods about his life. Rattata. Mom, is his nickname? Mom wouldn't get the high C for me. I called the cops on her. That's a real story, by the way. What? When I was really, really young, this is not video game related, but just very quickly <laughs> since I referenced it. Um, Mom, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. Um, when I was really young, my mom told me that if I ever felt like I was in an emergency situation, call 911. Stop. No. I took that very, very close to heart. This one day, I was really, really thirsty, and my mom was busy doing something. I don't know what. And I was too short to reach the high C in the refrigerator. I just couldn't do it. I was that I was that small. Uh-huh. So 
I asked my mom if she could get it for me, and she said no. And I whined, and I pissed, and I moaned, and she still said no. I think she even said, like, wait a minute. I just wasn't patient enough because I was, I was young. So I called the police on my mom. Did they, did they actually come through? No. Once I realized that I had called the cops and they answered the phone, I kind of realized the gravity of the situation, and I was like, oh, this was wrong. It just even up. that young. I just hung up, and then I immediately regretted what I did and started crying. Same. They called back, and no. my mom answered the phone, and she had to explain to them why there was a youngster crying in the background <laughs> after they just received a call and had to hang up. That's terrible. That's so, awful. So my mom asked me what, what happened, and I told her, and she was like, here, let me put my son on the phone. <laughs> or something like that. So I'm sorry, Mom, and I'm sorry, wh whoever you are that answered the phone, 911 dispatch service. <laughs> I hate you. You are ridiculous. Yeah. But, uh... That was before I, like, even understood well how to use a phone. My, my Like, my mom had to show me, like... Nine one one. Like I didn't even understand what a phone was. No, I just, I just knew to, I just knew to, to press nine one one, and wait. And wait. Well, because back then, we had a landline, so you had to wait. You press nine one one and then put the phone to your ear. There was no accept button. You know what I mean? God, that's such a weird concept. Right, that you just have to like press the Children buttons and then put the phone to your ear. No one has house phones anymore. Mm. Well, even on cordless phones, house phones now, you have to dial the number and then hit go. Yes. Or you hit go first, and then when the dial tone appears, you dial the number and wait. Yeah, that's how I remember phones. But uh, I got you like for the longest time we didn't have uh, cell phones that we used reliably because back when we first had cell phones, well, I mostly used them for the games like Snake ga and stuff like that. The game of Snake was invented. <laughs> I don't think it was invented uh, at that point, but uh, you watch yourself, okay? Nokia, you know, they're great. They made that. It's there. I don't think they made that. <laughs> it's a good thing I didn't ask. I actually don't know. I'll have to look that up eventually. But hey, I stumped. Um, when I got my very first cell phone, I was in fifth grade. I was graduate well, not graduating, but I was moving up to sixth grade. And my dad was like, "You know what? Cell phones are becoming a thing." He's going to be in sixth grade now. My mom pretty much agreed. Um, he should have a cell phone in case of emergencies. And I was told, only use it to call people in case of emergencies, and unless you need to get in contact with me or your mother. Emergencies. No, no, no. Seriously. Really? I, yeah. You suck that? Only for like a year, and then <laughs> and then our plan changed, and we had more minutes. Remember back when minutes was... Well, minutes is still a thing, but back then it was like there was no unlimited plans, no unlimited texting, anything. You had to pay for your minutes. Guys, I got a story. I got a story to tell you when that's done. <laughs> So back then, we barely used our cell phones for anything except games and to call each other mobile to mobile because it was free. Yeah, yeah, it was. You know? After nine. Um, right. Well, after nine o'clock, we could call whoever we wanted. Yeah. But I was in sixth grade. Who the fuck am I calling? Jesus. <laughs> at like nine o'clock at night, I had to go to bed. So we could only use our phones to call each other or to make a call in, in case of an emergency to somebody else which would most likely have been my parents anyway, because who yeah. am I calling in case of an emergency other than 911? I'm not calling Fred from down the street. You know what, Fred, if you're listening, be offended. I don't even know Fred. I did. To be honest. Actually, I knew one in high school, but we weren't friends. We were just kind of acquaintances. So you were just Fred the guy. He, he, sure. Not Fred the friend? <laughs> sure. <Okay. laughs> um, so we pretty much still used the landline as our main form of communication with people. We were paying monthly for it. There were no minutes, you know. 
that hasn't changed to this day, pretty much. And uh, I got used to using a landline for most of my for most of my life until like I got a like a, a cell phone that I could use whenever I wanted because we finally had unlimited minutes. Um, so for most of my life, it was you know dial 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 wait. They would pick up. You actually have to hang up the phone. You know. Nowadays, the the terms pick up and hang up the phone are just yeah they're just terms. terms. It's like it's like when you have the save button in Microsoft Word and the kids like what's the icon? Yeah, it's a floppy diskette. You know, it is that's what it's called. I know. Most people say disk. I know. Um, But yeah, pick up and hang up the phone are just they're just ghost words from when you actually did have to pick up and hang up the phone. And to be honest, dialing the number has been a ghost term for even longer because that refers to actually rotating the dial of a rotary phone. Yeah. Like pushing, punching the buttons in on a number pad. That's not technically dialing. So that's another ghost term. So pretty much everything about telephone, like terminology is now old. Yeah. They're old. They're really old. Ah, God. So let's, before we go back to games, I have to do my story. Yeah. Okay. So... My father, bless his heart, was like, here, Ashley, here's a cell phone. You can use it. You just got to be very careful with it. So. How, how old were you? Oh, God. I was in, it was in middle school, so I was probably, like, 12, 13. This was your first phone? This was my first phone. Okay. So, one month, I realized I could text internationally. Oh, I thought that was <laughs> I great. I know exactly what I this is I wasn't going. using any minutes, right? Our cell phone bill was over $600 a month. The following month, <laughs> right? My father had noticed that's six hundred dollars in early two thousands money. Yeah, it's all, all money, all money. It's poor man. Don't, that's like more than half his paycheck. Like, so the next month he noticed I was using up the minutes, and he's like, "Ashley, you got to cut that out." So that third month, right after Your dad that, was lenient. He was so lenient. <laughs> the third month, right? I was like, "Okay, cool." So I just texted my friend, and we. St- I thought she was on her phone plan, so I was like, "I'm gonna call you. It's great." Guys, it was another six hundred dollar phone bill. Oh my she god! She was not on our plan. It was oh a problem. Oh my god! That's it. Your dad was lenient, man. I downloaded one <laughs> ringtone one time to to my no like my second Nokia when I was in I think I was in eighth grade when I had that phone. I never got my ass beat. One, so. well, my parents didn't hit me when I was growing up. They only hit me when I was very young. Actually, yeah. my dad never hit me ever. Only my mom. Which, I mean, not to say, my, my mom is not a bad the parent. The typical parent slap like, you across the Once, face, once she learned that it was not acceptable anymore. She stopped. She stopped, yeah. My mom never stopped. Um, <laughs> she stopped when I got too big. But, uh, my parents, I, I, I don't want to say my parents were authoritative, because they kind of weren't. They weren't very diplomatic either. My parents were kind of middle of the road. Like, there were certain things I was able to do that other kids weren't, but there were other things that every kid was able to do, and my mom was like, fuck no, you know? <laughs> fuck not. So, when it came to the cell phone thing, my parents were authoritative, because it cost money. Yeah, a lot of money. You know? Um, and at the time, my dad was the one who was heavily paying the phone bill. Uh, yeah. My parents were separated, and it was my dad's idea to really get us phones, and my mom just happened to agree with him. So my dad took on the responsibility of paying for our phones until until I started high school, and then my mom took on the responsibility. Gotcha. 
and uh, I don't know by what agreement they reached, or, or by like by what agreement they reached that that happened, but uh, it did. They eventually switched hands, and now my mom pretty much pays for everything, and I pay her back for it since That's we good. live on our own. But um, my dad was paying at the time, and I remember I downloaded one ringtone because my dad told me like. <laughs> The only rules my dad gave me were uh, no no calling people until after 9 o'clock yep. unless it's me, your sister, or your mother. Yeah. You know? Uh, because even though mom was on a different plan, she also had T-Mobile at the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, so only the four of us. That's mm-hmm. it. Unless it's after 9 o'clock. No texting. We don't have texting. It'll cost like five, five cents per message or something. You know, whatever. I said, okay, that's fine. Um, but then one of my friends told me one day, like, hey, you know, like, you can download, like, Zelda tunes and stuff on your phone. And I was like, what, where? And they, they showed me the store and everything. And I was like, oh, my God. But the, they didn't have, like, prices next to the, the yeah, downloads. Yeah, I remember that. It was just download. And then it would give you, like, a text box that says, this may in, this may incur some charges. Is that okay? Yeah. And I would just be like, whatever that means, download. And I had, like, the Zelda 2 overworld theme on my Nokia, which was awesome. At the time, because back then that was a luxury. Then your father saw it. My father saw it. It was like three ninety nine. Not a big deal. That's right? a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Down. But considering how much the phone bill was, three ninety nine is not very much of an addition in percentages. <laughs> but just that three dollars and ninety nine cents, my dad's my dad's penis hit the wall. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Are you fucking kid? Don't you ever do that again?" I'm going to find out if I can send the ringtone back. But even then, I knew, like, there's, you can't oh, send the ringtone back. The you know? ringtone in a, in a plastic bag, wrap it up, and back to T-Mobile. <laughs> yeah. So, then all of a sudden, you know, became the age of technology where you don't even have to go online to the store and download your ringtones as long as you know how to use any sort of file transferring service, like, like a fucking micro USB cable. <laughs> and uh, you can just send service. MP3s to your phone. And set them as yeah. your ringtone or your text tone. That's with progression of technology. Yeah. So, so, like, websites and, like, digital download services for ringtones have gone down significantly yeah, because no of that. No one needs them anymore. So, speaking of phones, have you heard of Robot Unicorn Attack Ring? That shit is still around. No. Apparently. I never actually played any of those. Oh, you were missing I just, out. I just remember, was it Robot Unicorn Attack 1? Because yeah, always I want to be with you. No, no, there's a third one now, and it is on iOS and Android, and everyone is freaking out about it. Are you? No. My father, my coworkers, are, uh, other people on the internet, you know, I don't know a lot of people, guys. Uh, you know, like, four, I can count on my hands. You know, if I was messing with them, I'd still be good. So, <laughs> I don't know that many people. But, uh, yeah, I guess, check it out. Go to shot. If you like the Robo Unicorn Attack 1, and probably 2, you'll probably like 3, pretty Listen, much. You're the type of person who spends a lot of time on your phone. <clears throat> that's how you pass like most of your time. I'm really only like on my phone playing games if I'm pooping. That's a great pooping game. Or if I have to like wait for something that's to happen. It's a great waiting game. Like if I'm sitting outside like someone's house waiting for them to jump in the car so we can go somewhere. If I'm at the DMV, which doesn't happen that often. But just to give an example, if I'm in a situation where I'm forced to wait and there's nothing else at my disposal, then I'll play some Android games. Yeah, that's my entire life. I'm just waiting to die. The only other, like, I guess the only... Mm-hmm. Exceptions to that are Pokemon Go, which I will literally make time for. <laughs> yeah, well, we have to um, plan trips for that. Yeah, and, and Super Mario Run. 
I couldn't get into that. It was it was too much. I just wanted I wanted it to run. I just wanted to play. There's, That's there's worlds. There's character. I don't want that. It's a Mario game. It's a Mario game. No, I don't want to. You don't have to pay attention to any of that. You can just. Oh, but I gotta get through the tutorial. Like I haven't gotten through the tutorial. Just get through the tutorial. Oh, so much work. Okay. Just get through the okay, tutorial. Okay. You'll enjoy it if you like runners. If you like Marials. <laughs> don't look at me like that. I will look at you however I please, sir. <laughs> what? This, so, is, this is what we bring to the show. Yeah, I bring absolutely I miss nothing. Phil already. I miss Phil too. <laughs> Phil? <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> uh, a loser. He got married. He got married... And at the marriage, you know how, like... At the marriage. At the marriage. You know how people usually... At the wedding. Fight me. You know how people... <laughs> you know how people usually use a guest book or something. You know, write a moment about your time here or, you know, something oh, yeah. room. They had, um... They had a big wooden anchor. Yeah, it was painted silver. It was lovely until we touched it. I don't... Like, their wedding didn't really have a theme to it, so it was, I don't understand the whole anchor It was absolutely a theme. It was beach. Sand, shells. There was sand? Where? The the wedding gifts were the beach. It was it was brown sugar for sand, and then you had starfish oh, and stuff. Oh, that then, makes sense now. Then there were wine But the rest of the wedding sand. didn't look like... The, the colors the were glasses. sand other than the purple. Oh, and they did the sand ceremony, too. They did too. the sand ceremony. Okay. They made... You know all those tea lit candles? There were like 150 tealit candles full of sand Bill and shells. Bill will talk more about this when he comes back, but... They like the beach. It's what we got. I guess so. Yeah, we, we, uh... Well, okay, so Phil and I are obviously, we're really close friends, but we're very close. Like, we're, we're like... Pee -pee, we're, we're pee-pee touching close. That will not... Okay, you have to understand that. Like, when Bus I say touching. that, it's like... Okay, here's the thing. If you're not at least a little bit gay with your best friend, <laughs> then you guys are not best friends. No, no, not no. So Phil and I are very close. We've known each other only for... We've actually, we've known each other for a long time, but we've only really been close for about a year now. Mm. And, uh, that's fine because, you know, you got to start somewhere. So, um, on Phil's, on the anchor that they had for like their guest book, I wrote, uh, dear Phil and his wife's name. I don't know if he wants to share that. I don't know if he has actually ever said it on the podcast. Dear but, Phil uh, and wife. Yeah. Is it an anchor because you've both finally hit rock bottom? Half, half, I'm not funny. Congratulations. Love you, baby Phil. Matt. <laughs> I wrote, I ship you two. And I just left it at that. <laughs> and then our roommate made an anchor pun, which I cannot recall. Um, he wrote... Uh, Something about rock bottom. or What was it? It's not important. It's like, how can you go on your honeymoon if you're anchored in place? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> But uh, every, meanwhile, all the other comments are like, congratulations, we wish you the best of luck, Good Oh, job. but that's not even the best part. That's the so best part. our friend and roommate, Mark. Oh, no. He, be okay. Oh, so no. obviously, he did this in complete jest. Guys, this and is it your was idol, like, It was like one conversation. And like one Mark, conversation Mark months ago. Mark thought nothing of it months ago. Months. Mark told Phil he would give him $200 if he slipped the word Flavor Town into his vows. And Phil's like, yeah, okay, whatever, fuck you. He fucking did it. He did it. It was something along the lines of like... He's like, uh, my wife's name here. I promise to protect you and love you, whether we're at home, out, or in Flavortown. Oh, Matt and I. <laughs> I look, we looked at each other, did like a fucking double take to Phil, back to each other, back to Phil, 
back to each other, and I had to hold my mouth closed because I was going to go, <laughs> in the middle of Phil's wedding. I almost ceremony. applauded him at his wedding. Matt had to stop me. <laughs> he had to hold my hand in place and prevent me from applauding that beauty. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wonder if anyone And you know what? It. Nobody laughed. Nobody. Because I, I think they, that they thought it was like an in-joke between him and, and his fiance. No, no, well, no. Now no. his wife. But no, he literally did it for the money. <laughs> he did. It, it was, was just a stupid joke. So, guys, you've seen you've seen a picture. Hopefully, you watched that video of uh, Matt and Phil licking cartridges like a bunch of nerds. You know what Phil looks like, right? Yeah. He definitely looks like that dude from Smash Mouth mixed with Guy Fieri. Oh yeah, we. Oh uh, yeah, we. I haven't had a chance to tell our listeners about the presents we gave Phil because, because Phil's, Phil's on here. the podcast. So let's let's tell them. <laughs> okay, so. Um, there was one gift for me, one gift from Ashley, and one gift from Mark. And Mark definitely went all out, but all together we had the trifecta of making fun of Phil, the wedding gift. Oh, beautiful. Um, so, yes, Phil looks like a cross between Guy Fieri and, and Steve from Smash, from Smash Mouth. Is that a name? He just kind of, like, I don't know how it ended up happening, but he definitely does. And if you've ever seen pictures of Phil or me or the video of us looking the Nintendo Switch game cards. This isn't a plug. It actually is a plug. You should probably just watch that video. It's not that long. You get to watch them be like, okay, and then start gagging a little bit. It's funny. <laughs> anyway. Um, you can kind of see that for yourself when you look at Phil. He looks like a cross between those two. And not only that, but since his name is Phil, and he happens to be the only Phil that the three of us know, uh, we are inclined to sing the Phil of the Future theme song around him. So all the time. All the time. Meet a guy named Phil and his family on vacation from the 22nd century. Anyway. But so. so. Um, well, I go thrifting a lot for video games. And one time we went thrifting, Ashley and me, and we found a complete in-box copy of Phil of the Future for Game Boy Advance. It was beautiful. It even had It was like, a what, Kung like two Fu bucks Panda or something? Yeah. Manual in it. It, yeah, it had an extra manual in it for Kung Fu Panda. So Phil got that as an extra little bonus. But that was gift number one. That was from Ashley. She bought that. Uh, when I was cleaning out my mom's basement of all my stuff from when I was growing up a few months ago, I uh, actually it was about a month and a half ago, I think. Uh -huh. I found my original cassette tape from childhood. Copy, yeah, of Smash Mouth's Astro Lounge, which includes All Star, and the I was like, "Oh song. shit!" <laughs> I popped that right in the gift pile, and then Mark had the best idea of all. Because not only does Phil hate that we, like, liken him to people like Guy Fieri, Steve from Smash Mouth, and Phil of the Future. He but also he, likes he to really cook. He really hates Guy Fieri. Oh, but he likes to cook. Mark likes to cook. Phil likes to cook. That's why they're friends. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, that's, they went to school together. That's how, from what uh, I understood. All right. Um, but Phil hates Guy Fieri. Like, he thinks he's, like, an asshole. Burning and passion. And a dick face. Burning passion, I do. Yeah. So, our third gift, courtesy <laughs> of Mark. Bless you, Mark. Was a 200-page Guy Fieri cookbook. Beautiful. Which, you know, Phil could just cast it aside and be like, okay, whatever. But we made it better. Mark put a single dollar bill in between every page so he has to read it <laughs> after he gave him the present once uh phil's like i fucking hate you guys 
Uh, Mark's like, what's your favorite recipe? Mine's a 50 gallon <laughs> drum like five of, gallons of sour five gallons. Yeah, five gallons of sour. Come on, Guy Fieri, who are you trying to fucking? <laughs> and then he had that stupid show, Minute to Win It. I don't know. I have Minute to Win It for Wii. You would. No, it was a donation, actually. Uh, donation. Well, my friend Ralph. Sorry, Ralph. sorry, Ralph. My friend Ralph, who lives out in the Hamptons, gave it to me. I was visiting him and his wife one day, and he was just like, I have a bunch of Wii games I don't play anymore, because, fuck, do you want them? And I was like, how much? And he was like, uh, if you can put them in your car, free. That's and a, I was that's like, yes, price. I can put them in my car. I like that price. <laughs> so I got like like 10 or 11 mm-hmm. games off of him. Yeah. Oh, that's actually worth mentioning. I hit a milestone this week. Uh, uh, I had to drive a friend who was visiting from the Netherlands up to Syracuse to visit her boyfriend. And uh, on the way, we stopped by uh, Digital Press Video Games in Jersey, which is actually a famous game store. At least among collectors it is, so I was happy to have gotten the chance to go. Um, and I picked up my 1,000th video game. Crystal Castles for Atari 2600. Not this big, spectacular game like a little Samson or an NWC cart, but I've been looking for Crystal Castles for 2600 in the wild forever because I don't want to buy it online because it's already 2600 cart. Well, it's not that it's cheating. I, I still buy things online. But 2600 carts mm-hmm. are so easy to come across that you find them in bulk anywhere you mm-hmm. can find like old video games. They just have them. So the chances of finding Crystal Castles is not actually that slim. Because they always have a bunch of different 2600 games because they're really cheap and they're really easy to stock because they're small. And no matter where I go on Long Island or even in the city when we went to Video Games New York with yeah. Greg, um, Great game they store. did not have Crystal Castles. They also it's not have, even an expensive game. They didn't even have Goemon. Well, no matter where we go, they don't have No one has Goemon. For N64. That's, that's yeah. my heart. That's my lifeblood right there. <laughs> I had that as a child. It was we'll beautiful. We'll find it eventually. I refuse to buy well, it online. Buy it for you. I refuse to buy it online. I'll, I'll find buy it, it for you. Shut up. You'll find it in my hands, giving it to you. All right. I mean, that's wild. Love I guess. You. Um. So I was like, oh my god, they actually have a copy of Crystal Castles here, and even still, among the three hundred plus Atari twenty six hundred games that they had on display for you to like grab and buy, did they only have one? One copy of Crystal Castles. They had like 19 fucking copies of Combat and like 80,000 copies of Space Invaders and Breakout and all the classic titles. That's a lot. 80, well, because Crystal Castles came out on 2684, which is late Atari 2600 because once the NES came out... It was dead. It, it was going down. They were starting to pull their resources from the 2600 and go on to the 7800 mm-hmm. around that time. Um... It hadn't been released yet, but they tried the 5282 that failed, so they started continuing to make games for the 2600. Then the crash happened, and everybody pretty much pulled out of the video game business except for Atari, because they had enough money that they survived. Uh, and they kept making games, but since nobody wanted to play video games during that time, Crystal Castles faded into obscurity, even though it was a fantastic arcade game and happens to be my favorite arcade game ever. Uh, the second being Berserk, which I also snagged a copy of recently. On, the tw- on 2600, finally. You'd think I would have had these games at home already, but no. <laughs> Where'd you get that? At uh, Revolution? I got Berserk mm-hmm. at Revolution, yeah. So there's this place out, uh, we're on Long Island, you know, good good place, a little pricey. We live uh, in western Suffolk. So, uh, in like middle Suffolk, up north, yeah. In Stony Brook, there's a store called The Revolution. Mm-hmm. They are a store where you can purchase 
old game, retro games, modern games, but they also let you sit down and play them for a certain price. So you yeah. can have a party and it's really cool. So Yeah, we, you can have like a video game yeah, party, which is weird. A friend of mine you did just that. have people come to your house, but I guess if there's games you don't own or you, well, you just want to play or whatever. They have three big TVs set up and all sectioned off. Then they have every console you can think of. And so any time like you're done with the game, you're like, hey, I want that game. All right. And they pop it in. Mm-hmm. So if you have the floor for three, four hours and you have like 20, 30 people who all want to play different games, that can have all those games. Yeah. So it's a really cool location. The prices, some of them are good and then some of them are weird. And then Matt conveniently bought 2,600 yeah, I bought a bunch of... Okay, so I went in there, and I had 20 bucks, and, you know, walking into a, resha- a retail shop, 20 bucks is usually like, I'm going to buy one thing, and I might even not, I might not even be able to afford that. But I looked to uh, to my right as soon as I walked in, and there's this big stack of 2,600, 7,800, 5,200 Coleco and Intellivision games that just says, 70s games, buy one for $5, get four free. Which is basically the, the, the one turbo one. way of saying, five for five. Yeah. So I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> and I dove right in and picked out five great games that I didn't have that I was that I was uh, looking for looking for on, that they were on my list of stuff to get. So I picked those up and I was like, you know what? I don't want to get any more than five because I should also pick pick something up that's kind of expensive yeah. uh, while I can find it in the wild. And so I snagged a copy of Quest sixty four also. So I put everything on the counter. Well, actually, before I put everything on the counter, I was still sifting through games. And I heard one of the employees talking to the other employee there, and he was just like, yo, I'm, I'm playing Ninja Gaiden right now for Ness, and I just I can't fucking beat the second final boss. So I'm just listening to their conversation, they're talking about it, and I'm like, I'm happy. Like, I'm not laughing or, like, giggling or anything, but I'm happy because it's nice to hear somebody talk about video games, and they're, like, trying to give each other little hints and tricks and stuff, and everything that the one employee is saying, the guy who's actually playing the game is responding like, no, I, I, I tried that, it doesn't work, whatever. So finally, like, I find all the games that I want, and I turn around, and before I put them on the counter, I'm just like, hey, do you, like, I've beaten Ninja Gaiden, do you want a tip for, for, for beating Jacquio? And second, he freaked out, he was like, boss. yes, give it to me. He's like, please, I need it. I was like, okay. And for anybody else listening who needs help uh, beating the Jacquio, um, when you're in midair and you press B, you can typically only slash your sword one time before you hit the ground again. But if you press down while you're in midair, uh, you can't duck. So the game just cancels whatever movement you're doing. So if you rapidly press B down, B down, B down, B down, you'll, you'll continually cancel your sword slash and you'll become idle again in midair. So when you're idle, you can slash again. So if you keep pressing B, and then canceling with down, and then slash again, and cancel with down, and slash again, and cancel. You can slash three to four times in midair before you hit the ground. So you can get multiple shots on Jacquio in before he hits you once, instead of one-to-one. Yeah, this kid's eyes lit up like the fucking 4th of July. His eyes lit up. He was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, <laughs> yeah, speedrunners do it. That's how I beat it, because I had to, unfortunately, I looked it up. But, uh, yeah, that's how you, I mean, that's not how you beat him, that's but that's the easiest, the easiest way. way. Yeah. Um, and also... If you have a sub-weapon with you going in there, then it's even easier, but um, most people will die and lose their sub-weapon before they have the chance. So, his eyes lit up. He was like, oh my god, I gotta go fuck, I gotta go the fuck home and try this right away. He immediately so, started cleaning up a lot faster, closing up within half an hour. Yeah, he, he like wanted me. to go home. <laughs> um, so, I just thought I was pretty much like doing my civil duty as, a, as one gamer to another, helping out, and... That's pretty much what I ended up doing, because he probably went home and beat it. And if I ever see him again, I'll ask him. She will next time we're yeah. there. Hopefully if he's there. So I put my games on the counter, right? 
because I'm going to buy them. And he rings me up, and he's like, okay, so we got Quest 64, and we got some five, uh, 570s games here. So that's going to be 21, what is it, 71, I think, or something enough. like that. And he's like, but since you helped Anthony out, we're going to give you the BOGO games for free. <laughs> and I was just like, that means I need to buy something else. He did, and, and he did. <laughs> so I got a Sonic 1 on Game Gear for 5 bucks, and it ended up being the same price yeah. as just getting Quest 64 and the 5 Atari 2600 games. Actually, I got four 2600 games, and I got... 15200 game because they're all they're all bogo, so and 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 this isn't a fluke like they do this yeah they a do lot. this a lot actually the last time we, we were got there free before drinks. then we were they guessing. gave us free drinks and uh, what else did they do? no 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 it was free drinks because they had music on and we were calling out the names of the levels and the games that the music was and they were like yeah. oh that's so cool all right oh no you go. I bought a copy of Congo's Caper on SNES oh that's really and neat. the label was a little bit torn up it was nothing that I couldn't fix yeah because honestly. I should make a video about this, um, but well, there exist other videos online, but it would be nice to have one from the podcast, um, like how to fix cosmetic damage on video games, because honestly, there's some stuff you can just fix and it'll look exactly like new, like there was nothing, never anything there. Marker, stickers, even label damage yeah. you can fix. Um, so I didn't want to go through the rigmarole of fixing it. So I asked him, I was like, is there, because it was priced at $25. And I was like, that's how much the game is worth without label damage. So I was like, if I can find a copy that doesn't have label damage, it'll be the same price, so I don't have to fix it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I asked them, do you have another copy of Congoscaper in the back that doesn't have any label damage on it? And they checked. They actually went back they and they checked. Yeah. Um, like, I heard them shuffling through games. They didn't do that whole thing that I used to do in retail where I knew we didn't have shit in the back. <laughs> so I walked in there, looked at my watch for three minutes, and then walked out and said, nope. Um, they looked. They came out, and they were like, no, I don't think so. I can check the computer, though. And then they did that, and that came up null. So they were like, no, that, unfortunately, null. no. <laughs> Normal type. <laughs> so they were like, unfortunately, no, we don't. That's the only copy. So I picked it up, and I was like, okay. So I put it on the counter, and he was like, but you know what? Since it does have a little bit of label damage, and we weren't able to... Like, I didn't ask. I didn't yeah, ask. Yeah, he didn't this, ask okay? for a discount. The guy was like, we'll take five bucks off. Five entire dollars. One-fifth of the full price of the game. <laughs> they took off. Yeah. Because of the minor label damage. I love that show. Which I was able to fix. I just I wish we lived closer. It's for us it's like forty minutes. It's like a forty minute store. drive away. But it's worth it. Especially the pizza next door. If anyone actually goes, oh my God, get the that pizza. pizza was fucking fantastic. The pizza joint looks a little little bumped around. It looks old, looks like it needs cleaning, but the pizza mm, so actually, good. Here's a tip that I guess I can give to people who who run game stores, any of you who might be listening that do. Put it next to a food store. That too, <laughs> because then people will be inclined to come and buy from you after they have their sweet pizza, or vice versa. Right. Um, so if you own a pizza shop, put it next to a game store. Uh, if you sell retro video games, probably the best thing that you can do, I mean, I understand that you have to set things at retail price because you have a storefront and employees, etc., you know? Yeah, they'll spend. But you need to price according to condition, because if the game is, like, label damaged or has marker and stickers all over it, it's not worth eBay price. It's worth eBay price minus like of one to two fifths of the price. You know what I mean? Which is why I was happy to get Congo Scaper with the label damage for twenty instead of twenty five because I thought that was fair. I didn't ask for that price; they gave it to me. But they gave it to me because they realized it was fair. It was fair. Yeah. It, they had a price for twenty five at the beginning, which I guess I can understand. But it's even better if you price it at twenty and on the label just write. 
wear or like minor wear so that the consumer knows that it's priced that way because it's damaged yeah. so that they don't ask for a discount because they're already getting one. Yeah. Especially if you have it stacked with the other copies of Congo's Caper. Let's say there are some. One of them's in like fucking mint condition. And it's you're like wondering 25. why it's safe. One of them has minor wear and it's like 23 and then another one has a lot of wear so it's 19. So then it gets up to the consumer to decide which one they want to buy. Yeah, exactly. You don't like if they, even if they ask for a discount, you can just come back and say it's already priced according to the to, to the damage to the cart. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the best things that you can do as a retail video game supplier is to price the games not only according to rarity and what they're going for and the value of them, but depending on the damage to the game and how much it's going to take to be able to fix it, if even the consumer wants to fix it, you need to price it according to that. God, I hope we don't get the revolution in trouble for the free stuff. I'm pretty sure they're not going to get in trouble for that. I mean, they Sorry, have to, revolution. They have to report it anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? I guess. Like they, have, like, they check the computer for inventory so they know what they have. Like, the manager's going to walk in, he's going to be like, why are these five games not here and nobody paid $5 for them? Matt doesn't well, know you if see, he's uh, concerned. Well, you see, the Jacquio, uh The Jacquio. <laughs> he stole them. He, he just, straight up, beat him out of my hand. <laughs> Nothing I could do. So, I don't think they'd get in trouble for it. I think they've been working there long enough. That, I guess. Uh, yeah. Oh, they also have tournaments. So, like, if, if you know someone with a kid, likes video games, they have tournaments there. Yeah. Send them over there. I don't play in tournaments much anymore since I was shafted at the uh, the brawl tournament. I told the you story like last show. episode. Um, other than that, the only tournaments I play in are ones where the prizes aren't money. Like if the prize is just like enter for free and win like a copy of a game. Yeah. Like at Retro World when I entered the Dr. Mario tournaments. That's fun. Um, because even if you get DQ'd, you don't lose any money. Like yeah, exactly. I paid $15 to get DQ'd <laughs> from that brawl tournament. Um, but enough about that because I already told the story. But, uh, yeah, if you're around the Long Island area or even in the city and you have to take, like, a day trip to Long Island for whatever reason, stop by. Go out to by. Stony Brook, yeah. You'll pay, like, you're going you're gonna to pay eBay prices for the stuff there. But if you're cordial and you're nice and you chat up with the, with, the, uh, employees. with the employees and, you know, you talk about games with them, they're nice enough that they can realize, you know, you're not just someone walking in there buying a game and playing it. You're going to be cherishing yeah, you're gonna that, love, love that the crap experience. Out of it. And they want to make it as easy on you as possible. So they'll, they'll give you a discount. We were there. I've been there three times in my life. Twice with Ashley. And the first time, I wasn't there for me. I was there with somebody else and they were buying. And they just walked in, plopped the game on the counter, paid and left. Yeah. So no discount. But every time I went in with Ashley, we chatted them up. We talked about the game music that was playing in the store, <laughs> XYZ. I gave them a game tip. And they gave us a discount both times. So... It was really nice of them. I recommend going there. Even if you don't get a discount, the atmosphere is great. And they have it's a such great a, place. They have go. such a large selection of games. Way more than a play and trade. Not to shaft play and trade because I love them too. But they have way more games than play and trade. And their prices are, are extremely fair. They're eBay priced. But since it's a retail store, I consider that fair. Realistically, you can make it a, a day trip. If you don't live on Long Island... To get some friends, make a reservation so you guys can sit down and play for a few hours. Then go into Port Jeff, which is the next town over, and go drink. Have a good night. Like, yeah, have a whole Friday night. Like Port Jefferson. Yeah, that's actually where Phil got married. In Port yeah, Jefferson. right so, in downtown Port Jeff. Um, it's such a nice area. It's like, obviously not to generalize, but you can just tell walking there that it's like the rich neighborhood part of Long Island. Among, like, all of them. But, what? It's a white neighborhood. That's, that's what we're going for. That's the term. Wow. 
Let's be honest here. It's you know. Don't 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 do this on the podcast. NGLB <laughs> <laughs> uh, podcast does not endorse racism. No racism. It's just real realistic. That's the, it, when I say that you know what you're thinking of because they have million dollar homes. You know, you have the little little petite boutiques and the fancy shops you can walk down. It's a nice town. It's just they have a lot of money there. Yeah. So, like right next to where Phil got married, there's like this beautiful candy shop that sells. It's called the Frigate. Delicious. <laughs> that sells the most amazing ice cream I've ever had. Their pistachio is out of this world. It's crazy good. And um, there's a. Uh, a pizza place there too. They have really good pizza there also. This is New York. There's always good pizza. No, but like the the pizza near us, like out at like west Western Long Island. Yeah, it's a little it's a little soft, it's a little spongy. Not even that. It just it doesn't taste nearly as good as the pizza in the city. Yeah. Or the pizza out east if, for whatever reason. If you guys ever go into the city to go to uh, what was that Retro New York? What was that video games? We went to Video Games New York. Video Games New York. Grab a slice. Yeah, we went to. Why are you doing east, that? There's a place. Near Video Games New York, called East Village Pizza. Best pizza, Best pizza I've ever had. Period. It's a walk away. So definitely it's make a few that blocks a trip away, too. Yeah. But uh, best pizza I ever had. Ever. Still to this day, I want to go back there. Well, I mean, I want to go back to Video Games New York also. Yeah, Video Games New York. Let's let's pause and talk about this. Video Games New York is in a traditionally small little little building. It's a hole in the wall. It's a hole in the wall. But it's a hole in the wall filled. With video games. Like, it's hard to breathe in there. There's so many video games. Oh, yeah. that Okay. There is one thing I'll say about that place. There, it's definitely not up to code. <laughs> no, definitely not. It is <laughs> not safe. you can only fit, like, one person at a time in, like, any section of the fucking building. But keep in mind, it's a Manhattan store. Yeah, There's that. limited space. There's a lot more vertical space than there is horizontal space. So games are stacked all the way up to the ceiling, yeah, which like, is, like, 15 feet yeah, high instead say. of, like, the typical, like, what is it, like, 10 or 11 foot ceiling, yeah. I think? Um, at least in New York, that's the code. So, like, holy shit. <laughs> holy shit. But they have everything. Yeah. The Japanese... They have an entire section for import games. Yeah, I was just... I was marveling over all the games that they had there. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, if you don't care about, like, what you're collecting, you just want to play the game, and you're willing to spend the money on the import console or just mod your current existing console to be able to accept... Uh, you know, uh, extra re- extra regional games, then you can just pick up import copies of games and they're like... Cheaper? They're like a third the price. Yeah. Because video games didn't really experience that much of like a rarity surge in Japan. What, like, uh, when we went there, what version of Super Bomberman did you get? I got Super Bomberman 3, which was never released in the United States, which is why I picked it up. It wasn't because it was cheap, it was because you can't get it in America. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was released in Europe, but I don't have a PAL Super Nintendo. I only have a Super Nintendo and a Super Famicom. So you play it on the Famicom? Right, and I can read Japanese, but it's a Bomberman game, so the Japanese requirement is almost non-existent. You really don't need to know any Japanese to be able to play it. Just blow shit up. Duh. Basically. Um, and most of the most of the text is in English anyway, like That's area, area 1-1 is in English. Um, so yeah. They have a giant section of import games there, and they had a bunch of exclusives to Japan, and also a bunch of really, like, well-known, rare and not rare titles that were released in North America, but they just have them imported from Japan. So they're, like, a third the price. They had 
Mother 2, which yeah. is Earthbound, here it's like 180 to $220, depending. But they had a Japanese copy, Mother 2, 40 bucks. Done. Easy. Sold. If you have a Famicom, or if you have a Super Famicom, that's an easy pickup. The only difference is it's an RPG, so it's text-heavy, so yeah, you, you need, need to be able to know Japanese or use or a walkthrough. Right. But uh, if you don't care about that, you just want to experience the game, you don't care about using a walkthrough, you don't care that it's in Japanese, done, done. deal. Yeah. $40, and you have, and if you have the Super Famicom for it, or you can just snip the uh, the little tabs out of the out of the back of the Super Nintendo cartridge slot to be able to play games on it, done. You didn't know that? There are um, these little tabs in the Super Nintendo cartridge slot on the back. That's Here, I'll grab one. Oh, actually. God, here we go, guys. You can't see it, but he's getting. Uh, he's pulling the game out. It's soft. Correct? It's gentle. He's gently pulling out Earthbound. He's getting me another game to explain the difference. Oh, here he goes. Here he goes. He's coming back. So, he sat down. if you look at the backs of these cartridges, you'll notice, well, they have the same amount of pins. Yeah. They're exactly the same. A lot of pins. But on the back of a Super Nintendo cartridge, well, you can. it's square, right? And the Famicom is more round. The Super yeah. Famicom cartridge is more round. That doesn't matter when you're putting it into the Nintendo, the, the Super Nintendo cartridge slot. The difference in why it doesn't work is because these two little indentations on the back of the cartridge, mm -hmm. of, of the Super Nintendo cartridge, they That's slot why. into the cartridge slot, and they're gripped by these two little plastic like nubbins that stick out from the bottom of the cartridge slot. Fun fact, word of the day, nubbins. Nubbin, yeah. Um, and they grip the cartridge using those plastic tabs. So if you snip out those plastic tabs or just break them out, you can fit a Super Famicom cartridge right in there. Yeah. Okay. And it'll play. That's convenient. Yeah. You just gotta be able to do it right and not mess it up. Well. Don't do yeah. that. You'll ruin the game. <laughs> well, you won't ruin the game. It'll just look ugly. Yeah. Super ugly. Like. So ugh. the reason why I won't do that is because. He's got, his, he's got his game cart over his heart, guys, while he was doing that. It's like he's <laughs> pledging the goddamn game, guys. The reason why I won't do this is not just because I already own a Super Famicom, and I, I, I got the Super Famicom before I knew about the plier trick, um, but I don't want to fuck with any of my systems and mod them. I want them to be Unique, pristine. Like per I'm, a, I'm a kind of a purist in that, in that sense. Perfect. I'm a collector anyway. So I'm going to end up getting the hardware required to play import games. Eventually, yeah. Regardless. So there's no need to mod the consoles if I'm going to end up getting them anyway because I collect. This has been a life lesson with Matt. All right, guys. So uh, after uh, Matt's glorious explanation. Sorry, I'm going through games. Yeah, this is, this is his life. He has moved his shelf about three times in the last week. He has multi like like book multiple bookshelves that he adjusts the levels for for the games so they can fit just right, and because he's been bringing in stuff this week, we, for instance, we went to a flea market last Sunday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me tell you about that. So we get there, it opens at eight a.m. You know, we come up to one. Oh guy. God. Now, hold on. We come up to one booth and they're like, "Yeah, I'm a lot of games." People come around like five in the morning with a flashlight. So you know, I guess we should start going earlier. Whether whether that's true or not. A lot of the vendors still had a bunch of good shit, so I don't believe him for a second. <laughs> so, another vendor, this cute little old man, little teetery old man, he's got a bunch of old stuff at his desk, and we see this glass, almost briefcase-type type little box. It's like a little... 
trinket box. case with a glass cover so you can see into it from the top. It's like a jewelry box. But and uh, there's some random shit inside, but also inside is um, it was a Nintendo Entertainment System edition Game Boy Advance SP. Yeah. And but it was scratched. It was scratched help. up. There was marker all over it. And you might think to yourself, well, you just said that you could fix cosmetic damage, and you can. But you can't fix scratches. That's one thing that you can never fix unless you use and a Dremel not, tool, and that's going to damage it even more. And we're not talking about, like, oops, my coins were in my pocket. We're talking about, like, some kid with a yeah, knife like, gouged it. Yeah, the screen was scratched. The, the top of the clamshell was scratched. The back was scratched. Somebody's name was etched into the back. Yeah, um, it, was, it was bad. And the, the like, the, um, the, the, what is it? There's, like, a little plate over the D-pad and buttons. Okay. It's little. It's plastic. Okay. And it basically resembles the look and feel of an NES controller. And oh, the, the, yeah. Yes. And it was chipped away at, in the bottom left corner. You can't replace that. No, you <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's irreplaceable. Yeah, absolutely. So, I would have paid, if he, if he was like, Game Boy Advance, uh, considering the damage, $5, I would have been like, okay. Which is... And I would have picked it up until I got a replacement for it. Yeah, that, that kind of... Just so you guys know, there's nothing wrong with picking something up that's damaged beyond beyond repair, just to have it in your collection. If it's cheap enough, that getting a replacement is still an option. You know what I mean? Like I would have picked that up and rubbed all the uh, marker off, and I would have like. Gotten some silver paint or whatever we needed. Yeah. Well, I well I wouldn't have done that, but there was nothing I could really do to restore it back to its original glory, other than rub the marker off at the top, um, which is easy. But there was also there were also a bunch of games in there: Game Boy Color, Advance, and regular Game Boy games. Now these aren't the best games. No, the, like... there was only one AAA title in there, and it was Mario Land Two. Yeah. That was it. Oh, and it also came with a case. It did come with a case, but even still, for thirty shitty games, one AAA title, and a Game Boy Advance SP scratched up and ruined to shit, plus yeah. a case. How much do you think that'd be worth? Maybe yeah. like $20. Vote on your answers now. Vote on your phones. $200 for the whole lot. He wanted $200. He didn't, even, he didn't even want to separate from the Mario Land 2, which I would have bought like he, as a label replacement for mine. He wanted it to be a bundle. He right. wasn't going nowhere. I asked him, I was like, how much for just this one? He's like, oh, I'm just trying to sell it all together. Yeah. I was like, uh, well, how much? Well, the, the guy who actually owns it, I think he wants 200 for it. And I was like... <laughs> like my penis went in my body, and <laughs> and and he was like, uh, when he comes back, if you're like around, come by and you can ask him. So we move literally just one table to the right and to look at, to look through some CDs to see if I find any Dreamcast or PS1 games or PC games or 3DO games for that matter in the jewel cases. Just games. Any any jewel case games, and the owner comes back. And the guy's like, hey, 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 here's the guy, here's the guy. Yeah, how much for the GBA and the uh, all the games and stuff? And the guy's like, oh, that? I want about 200 for that. And my penis went even further in my body. Like, it probably poked out of my asshole at that point. You know, I think and, I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, oh, okay, uh, well, we'll be, rac- we'll be back around. And the guy's like, are you sure? It's, it's, per- it's right for the pick. Like, he said some, like, weird southerner phrase, even though he didn't really have much of a southern accent. The only reason I'm giving him a southern accent is because he said something that was... Southerly of him, and uh, oh God, what did he? He used the word "y'all" a lot, even though he wasn't Southern, which is you know what's whatever you speak how you want. But um, I guess that's why I gave him a Southern accent, even though he didn't have one. So he's like, yeah, um, 
are you sure? Because, like, these are some really good games here. And, I like, I, I'm thinking in the back of my head, like, no, these really aren't. There's, like, 17 Disney games, like, Barbie Horse Adventures <laughs> and Super Mario Land 2. And I even told him, I was like, well, I mean, the, the only game from here that I would want to pick up, honestly, is just that one. But since you want to sell it all together, it's not really something I want. And he's like, are you sure, though? I mean, it's good. You're, what, you, 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 you buy games? Yes, I buy games. I, that is, I, I do do that. You could say I do that. But um, he wouldn't take no for an answer the first three times. So I was just like, we'll be, we'll be back around. If we haven't found anything else, then maybe I'll pick it up. We did not stop back by his booth. <laughs> It's just no. Uh -uh. No, we we walked away as quickly as we could. Yeah, I understand. I very quickly found a guy selling Atari games for pretty cheap. So yeah, and I understand like cute old men don't understand what they got. You know, you think it's a gold mine, and it's not. Yeah. But when you see someone react that way, I feel like you should have sent flags in his head, and you didn't notice. See, like there are three types of sellers when you go to a flea market. Yeah. All right. There is type A. Which is doesn't know what the game what what he's selling. Type B, which is knows what he's selling, and type C, which is also doesn't know what he's selling. The difference between A and C, okay, well obviously type B, since they know what they're selling, it's gonna be priced at eBay value at a flea market, which is stupid. I'll explain why in a second. But there's yeah. there's two types of I don't know what I'm selling. And the reason why is because type A since they don't know what they're selling, will price them astronomically low because they just think I just wanna get rid of it. it's junk. Yeah. Which is great for a collector. But then there's also the, I don't know what I'm selling, so I think it's worth a lot of money. Like this old man. Right. So, so if it. so like when people say, like, oh, you know, you never know who's here that don't know what they have, that could be bad. Yeah. You bit. want somebody to at least think of what they have as junk. Now, that might sound sad. You don't want anybody to think of video games as junk. But you definitely want sellers to think of video games as junk Very because then they'll cheap. give them to you for cheap. So, this guy is like, oh, yeah, video games must be worth a million dollars. He's selling a Game Boy Advance SP and a bunch of shitty second-rate bin games for as much money as you could buy a Wii U now. Nuh-uh. <laughs> no way. <laughs> so, then we come to the seller at the flea market, okay? They know what they have. Type B. Oh, yeah. Okay? It's fine if you know what you have. But if you're at a flea market, you have no business selling your games at a flea market at retail price. Even if you're a business at a flea market. Here's why. At a flea market, you typically do not need to pay for rent other than the space to sell stuff, which is usually minuscule. In fact, at this flea market, I looked it up, it was $60. You make that back in, a, in, in about an hour. Okay? $60 for rent is nothing to, to, to get the space to sell games. You don't have to pay for electricity. Okay? You don't have to pay for a storefront. You don't have to pay for rent. You don't have to pay for any displays. You typically don't have to pay for employees. Okay? You have no business charging retail price. When we talked about Revolution just earlier, and I said that I understand it's fair that there are retail store charging retail price, the reason why that's fair is because they have to be able to pay for everything to keep the store running so that you can walk in and buy video games. 
But if you're at a fucking flea market, you do not charge retail price. I'm sorry. Even if the game. Sorry, sir. Please look. No. If, if it's a, if it's a rare game and you own a business, don't sell it at the flea market. Just don't sell it in your shop where it's protected. Or eBay. Or on eBay, which is worse. <laughs> but here's the thing: when you are selling a game on eBay for eBay price, your customer base is the entire world. When you're selling at a flea market, your customer base is a couple hundred people. Maybe. Right. You need to be able to price based on a lower amount of people. There are some people in the world who would gladly pay $400 for a copy of Earthbound, even though it's not worth that much. But if you charge regular price that's on eBay on Earthbound at a flea market, really no one's going to buy it. Okay? Collectors go to flea markets and regular folk go to flea markets to find cheap stuff. They're not going to pay $30 for anything. Anything. I mean, we did watch someone, someone buy a lawnmower for 80 That was stupid, though. <laughs> I, first of all, I wouldn't buy a lawnmower at a flea market. This guy did. Ever. <laughs> like, there's just some stuff you... Careful whoops. Killer. There's just some stuff you don't buy at a flea market. I wouldn't buy a lawnmower at a flea market. But look, I understand the game is rare, but here's the thing. When you sell that game, a lot of a percentage of that money, if you own a retail store, goes back toward the store. So since you're not operating the store when you're at the flea market, you can price it significantly lower and make the same profit, right? I feel like that one, like, there was one, uh, one booth we went to that Matt perused, and he found the Game Boy section, and he's feels, he felt like this was a retailer. Was that- yeah, right? They had a bunch... They were only selling video games and game accessories. They even had import games. Yeah, and once once cool. you see a, somebody at the flea market with a section for import games, reseller alert. Watch out. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I had a joke. I, I walk up to this booth. I'm sifting through games, and I see shitty Game Boy titles priced at $5. And I'm like, well, this is not going to be fun. So... I'm sifting through the games. The woman running the booth turns to me. I didn't even say a word to her other than, hi, how do you do? And she's just like, oh, by the way, um, anything priced $3 is $1. And I was like, oh, okay. And I actually found a game that was on my list that was priced at $3. I would have paid $3 for it because I wanted it and it wasn't a bad title. But since she said it was $1, I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll grab it. Then I saw a game in there that was $5 that... I wouldn't pay $5 for because it's not a AAA title. It's Tasmania. But I needed it because the copy that I've had since childhood has been horribly sun damaged. The label's been torn and it's been just through a bunch of shit. It was a child game. What did you expect? Yeah. So I wanted to get a label upgrade finally after all these years. And um, also, I'll, I'll make a little note right in here. If you ever uh, label upgrade a game, don't immediately get rid of the old game. Even if there's only a little bit of minor wear. And the reason being, I would say keep it for up to like a few months because you never know when like you buy a game and you get it and let's say like obviously the front that has the label on it you really can't use. But if the game has a battery in it, you can re- you can use that battery to replace the battery in another cartridge. Exactly, yeah. Or you can unscrew the back and use that back plastic plate to replace a damaged plastic plate for another cartridge's back. Yeah. So... Keep keep your uh, damaged games for at least a little bit before you decide to resell them or get rid of them. 
Um, and I'm doing that with, with the games that I've label upgraded so far. I've kept them for a few months. So eventually I'll get rid of them if I don't see anything happening. But it's nice to hold on to them so that you have a way to replace things. Because, again, there are some things you can't replace. Like if somebody etched their name into the back of their Game Boy cart, well, that's fine. Because I have a Game Boy cartridge that is that wh whose back is pristine, so I can unscrew it and screw it into the, uh, the cartridge that I am trying to get rid of the damage for. It won't exactly be the same cartridge, but nobody will know, and they're all manufactured using the same plastic injection mold, so it doesn't really matter. As long as you're not changing out the board or the label, it's really not an issue. Collectors won't care. So, this brings me back to this woman. Uh, I'm sifting oh, yeah. through Game Boy games. There's some more method. Yeah, so I, I picked up Tasmania because I needed a label upgrade, and it was $5. And $5 for a label upgrade for a Game Boy game is kind of pricey, especially at a flea market. Because that's eBay price, basically. Yeah, exactly. So I grabbed the two games, and I was like, okay, the $3 one is $1, and the $5 one, it, she didn't mention anything, so I assume she's not budging, so that's $6. Let's see if I can get a deal. So I turned to her, and I didn't even mention a price. I just said, so if I get both of these, what can you do for me? And she said, um, I'll come down to 3 on the $5 one. I will gladly pay $3 for that for a label upgrade, 100%. So $4 for games that were supposed to cost $8 total. Yeah, you saved half the money. Yeah. So half that money went, went towards something else. your yeah. Pong. Yeah, I, I got a, uh, a Super Pong. Super Pong from of Death. From, uh, what is it, 1976, I think it came out. And okay. uh, uh, it, unfortunately, it doesn't work. It needs a lot of work to be refurbished. And I am going to refurbish it. Um, because I'd rather refurbish it than get... Then buy another one. Right, because that just means that there's one less one working in the world. So I'd rather refurbish it. Matt got really excited about this, freaked out. He's really excited and happy to buy this. We get into the car. He flips over the unit, takes off the battery compartment. There's four D batteries in there, exploded. There's four D corrosion. batteries, like, from the 70s in there. They, like, like you they can tell look from the slightly Duracell. different. Um, there is so much corrosion... And the leads connecting the battery box to the motherboard are... Broken. They've been corroded away and desoldered. <laughs> Broken. So it needs to be refurbished. Um, if anybody out there is willing to help me, I'll, I'll pay you to do it. Um, I'll ship it to you, or if you live around Long Island, I'm more than happy to drive out there and uh, meet with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, because there aren't very many shops that will refurbish anything older than, like, NES, yeah, which exactly. sucks. Um, the good news is you only got it for 13 bucks. Yeah, the guy wanted 15 for it, which, when you see a Super Pong out there, in it looked okay, it was a little dirty, but it looked good. And the dials moved, and, you know, the, the hookup looked clean, all of the switches worked and weren't sticky, so I was like, this is usually expensive. And the guy's like, 15, and I looked at him dead in the eyes, and I was like, is it tested? And he's like, no. <laughs> Here's the thing. There are good people in the world that when you tell somebody you want to know if it's tested and they say it's not, that they actually mean it's not tested. But nine times out of ten, like when someone guy. says it's not tested, what that literally means is it doesn't work. He knew. They're just There's saying, right. He sold it that low. Right. He knew. Yeah, he knew. You don't sell something untested. Most people don't do that. Okay? Few people do. Okay? On eBay. Yeah. Right. And that's fine. There are people in the world who just won't test something and will sell it. Yeah. And I've done that. And there's nothing wrong with selling it untested as long as you let everyone know it's untested. Yeah. You don't wait for them to ask. If I had bought that off of him, he never would have told me it was untested. Okay? Yeah. And 
He knew it didn't work. He knew. He had to have opened the battery compartment and looked at it. He's selling it. He had to have. Okay? Nine times out of ten, when somebody is selling something to you physically, not over the internet, and they say, oh, it's not tested. It is. That means it doesn't work. That just means it doesn't work. Um, and anytime I've ever bought something untested, anytime, it has never worked. The reason why I buy it anyway is because if it doesn't cool. work, I still have it, and I can always fix it. Like your, uh, your what, Atari? Or your Super Nintendo? I got an Atari, I got, yeah, my Super Scope. Well, that was actually tested. It said tested and working, so I had to yell at the guy. And, uh, he gave me my money back. But he had told to me. yell at the guy. It was an email, guys. Don't be fooled. It was tomfoolery. I didn't, well, okay, I wasn't mad. I'm not the type of person to yell or get mad. I just like, hey, I just want you to know. Your, didn't work. Right. Your, uh, your, your eBay listing said that it was tested and working. And I bought it, and I put batteries in it, and it does not work. I changed the batteries around. I cleaned off any corrosion that I saw, which was minimal, and still didn't work. It looked clean. It just sucked that yeah. it was broken. And he was like, oh, maybe it's the receiver. So I bought a new receiver, and it didn't work with that receiver either. And he was like, maybe that receiver doesn't work either. And I was like, I doubt that two people in the span of one week are going to sell me something that says tested and working, and it doesn't work. Like, eBay has policies. You can't just sell something and it doesn't work. So I'm sure that the Super Scope probably worked when he sold it to me, but it just got damaged in shipping or whatever. Benefit of the doubt. I like it. Yeah. It's fine. It's so eventually the guy was like, uh, if you send it back, I'll, I'll give you the money back. And I was like, you know what? No, because any other Super Scope that I find costs the same amount as what I paid for yours. And none of them have the box. Yeah, His was complete everything. in the box for Perfect. 75 and every other Super Scope, unless it was untested or just straight up not working, was 75 without the box. So I got a good deal. And I was like, no, you know what? I'll keep it because I want the box. And he was like, all right. So I ended up giving the non-working Super Scope to a friend of mine who collects video game. Oh, that's uh, what you did with it? I was wondering where it went. Yeah. I thought you just pretend to shoot people no, with it. No, I gave it to a friend of mine, Mike, who collect. He, he, he's, a, he's not necessarily a collector, but he... Guts out parts for video game accessories to sell to repair shops who specialize in video games so that they can help fix your video game accessories. So he made money off of that. And I just ended up buying another Super Scope out of the box, uh, tested and working, for 50 because it didn't come with a receiver because I owned two already. So He's um, ready to play in two rooms. Yes. You can uh, walk so, around and kill shit all day. <laughs> oh my god, he's a new Terminator, guys. Yeah, so that was fun. So th- I guess that's just one thing you have to be wary of when you're buying from pretty much anybody. So if it says untested, yeah, you can take the risk if the price is low. If it's untested and it's like 5 bucks for something that's usually 20 buy it. Because you can fix it, or you'll just have it, and you can buy another one, and you can still have it and say you own one even though it doesn't work. Which is what I did when the guy said it was untested, because it was... $15. We were able to haggle him down. I said 12 and he said, I kind of want to do 15 Then I realized I was broke. Yeah, Ashley was like, I only have $13, dude. And the guy was like, um, no, the guy said, oh man. And I just, I looked at him dead in the eye and I was like, if you can do 13 I'll take it right now. Like, give him that, like, buyer urge. That's like, how, that's how you knew he knew it was broken. Yeah. Here's the thing, okay? There's a lot of tips and tricks that I could give to people out there for buying stuff. One of the biggest tips you have to do is... Pretend you're broke. 
No, no, don't pretend you're broke. Okay, all right, sorry. Because you weren't lying. I wasn't lying. <laughs> you don't want to lie to any of them, because if they lied to you, you would feel cheated. Yeah. So you want to maintain a good buyer-seller buyer yeah. relationship. Never lie to the consumer. If they ask you how much something is worth, as much as I hate to say it, you probably want to tell them, okay? Because you want to be fair. Because maybe there's a chance that they could earn money on it, and somebody who, who's willing to pay that price will buy it from them at a retail shop or on eBay, Okay, so when you're buying games from people, if there's only one thing at somebody's booth that you really want, bite the bullet and pick up something that you don't want with it because you'll get both of them typically cheaper as long as you're willing to ask for a, for a discount. If it's two or three games in a bundle, ask them for a discount and don't say anything else. Just say, like, first of all, pick up one game. Go to them and say, how much, how much for your games? Unless they're individually priced, in which case, good luck. No, yeah. Okay. How much for how much for your Atari games? Oh, it's it's four dollars a piece. Okay, cool. Go back, pick up all the ones you want. Let's say it's three. Go back to the guy and say four dollars a piece. That's that's normally twelve. Will you do ten? Okay. If it's more than three things, or if it's something that you really want to get from somebody, even if it's just one item and you want to haggle them down, the best phrase that you can use, and I already said it, is. If you come down to, insert price here, I'll buy it right now. But here's the thing, you can't, that has to be the truth. Yeah, if he comes to down to that way. price, you have to buy it. You can't lie. So if he comes down to that price, you can't be like actually on second thought because then you're an asshole, okay? If you want to buy, so like, that's what I did. I, I picked up five Atari games, and this is actually true. The guy wanted $4 a piece. I picked up five Slazy. Atari games. I, well, because here's the thing. $4 for an Atari game is kind of shitty. But at a flea market, finding any games that are four dollars or less is okay. So I picked him up. I picked up five Atari games, and I walked over to the guy, and I was like, five dollars. It's four dollars for each game. He said, yes. All right. So if I got five games, that would be twenty. Yes. Would you do two a piece? I'll get them all right now. The answer was gently no. He said, I'll do three a piece. So I said, all right. So that'll be fifteen. Would you go down to twelve? No, we'll do 15. But see, the thing is, I tried. You gave it and a shot. Because I said, would if you go down to $2 a piece, I'll buy him right now. Even though he didn't go down to two, it gave him more leeway and more of a thought process to say, I'll go down to three. So I picked him up for 15. Yeah. Honestly, uh, Vanguard was in there, which alone is worth more than $4. So I ended up getting a good deal. That's good. So. Oh, yeah, a lot of his games didn't have labels on them. A few of his games didn't have... They either didn't have front labels or they didn't have end labels. They didn't have any. Some games didn't have any label whatsoever. Well, I kind of wanted like, him to get how one. Do you, like, how are you know. selling this? No, that's great. Mystery bag? Mystery grab? I oh, almost please. It's probably fucking one. combat. I don't care. <laughs> you this? You don't know until you get it. I guess so. But anyway, uh, that's it for this episode, I guess. Uh, we've been running for a little more than an hour. Really? Oh, uh, all right. Yeah, I want to leave the long episodes for when Phil comes back. Oh, unless, yeah, unless you have more to talk about. No, but I've, Ashley's going to join me I've for um, the next episode also. Hi, Phil will still be on his stupid honeymoon with his stupid wife. We can talk shit uh, about his, Okay, time. his wife's not actually stupid. We I just like, I just we like, like his wife. Anything that has to do with Phil is stupid because Phil's stupid. I love him. But uh, thanks very much for joining us, guys. Uh, remember, you can uh, chat us up. Uh, send us an email, nglbpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at NGLB Podcast. Uh, again, you can find us on Instagram now. Just look up NGLB Podcast. We post stuff. Um, 
If any of you guys have any questions or comments for Ashley, Hi. you can ask her by getting in contact with us. If, if your question is, how do you put up with him? The answer is, I don't. Let me just <laughs> circumvent that question right now. And um, also, uh, give us a like on Facebook. Stop by. You Maybe can too. Yeah. You can post stuff on our, on our timeline or you can send us a message directly. We answer 100% of our messages and we have a very fast response rate. Um, Why don't you guys show us your video games or your collections? Yeah, definitely. If there's anything that you guys have picked up at flea markets that you're excited to brag about, I would love to see what you have found. Tell me your stories. And if you want, we'll feature them here on the podcast yeah, and I'll talk not? about them. Um, Give me something to say, you know? So yeah. you can find us on Facebook at HTTP colon slash slash Facebook.com slash NGLB podcast. How do you spell that? <laughs> or just look up No Gamer Left Behind. You'll find us. We're the one with the blue icon with the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo controller. They're the nerdy one. That one. So thanks a lot, guys, for joining us. Uh, Ashley, thank you for joining me this time. No problem. And uh, I'll see you again next time, too. Okay, I'll see you in a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, you will. So uh, thanks, everybody. Happy gaming. (laughs) Bye.